All right, we're in. Um, we're on my th- my third message of honor. This is the last one. I told you I was going to uh, speak on. Um, uh, in the first one, we we defined honor. In the second one, we looked where we are to give honor. Uh, I would encourage you if you haven't uh, really ingested this to go back and rewatch it because most people don't get it. Um, uh, get everything that's in a message. I've learned that from me. Uh, I listen to messages over and over and over again. But why have I, have I talked on this? Was it just a top when I just, uh, no. That I wanted to preach on, looking for something to preach, no. I really believe, biblically, in what I see, is that honor is the catalyst that r- makes love work. Now, we know all people. How many ever struggled with that concept? Amen. Going to be honest. <laughs> it's not all. I'll introduce you to some people. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, but what keeps me in the love walk honor because honor is not about me honor is about others and and in that realm of honor well in the realm of the bible we are we are told that we are to walk in love in all things it's very difficult to walk in love with all things being real uh and and i guarantee you that i doubt there's anybody so holy they don't struggle with it here and there and uh, but what so so many people try to work on their love walk, but they never work on their honor walk, because honor will dictate your behavior. Now I, I've mentioned it I think in both services that even in the house of God, uh, the way that, that the United States is now in churches, people are not honorable to God. So how can you say that? Because I see people walk in after the service. That's dishonorable. I see people miss. I mean, do you really think? I, I, I shared a, a little roll, reel or whatever they call them uh, on Dr. Barkley, and he was talking about how God, uh, well, he's talking about being in the house of God and how people don't understand it angers God when we don't show up. Now, a lot of people say, well, I think that's just his opinion, but actually the Bible says that. It said uh, a master prepared a great feast, and one by one people made excuses, and it angered him. There was a story about him with his people. What is that? A lack of honor. I challenged people last week. I said, why don't you leave your phone in your car? I would ask how many did that, but I don't want to discourage myself. But we go into church and we, we sit on our phones. I've seen it. People make posts because I go back and look. Oh, yeah, they were in, they were in church when they made that post. <laughs> we don't honor God's word. The Bible, in the only place, last week I was talking about where honors do, uh, obviously we are to honor God first and foremost, but with the ministry, those that, are, that, that labor in the word faithfully and truly, it's the only place where it says double honor is due. Well, most people are not even honorable to those that they, they sit under, they, they, they're in church, and they're, you know, there's somebody that they allow to speak into their life, and there's no, there's no honor there. It's very low. So why, why am I talking about this? Is because in order to walk through these last days, your love walk is going to have to be intact. You cannot keep your love walk intact if you don't have honor. Amen. And people think, I, I made this point. We were having uh, dinner last night. And I said, you know, it's interesting that in the, um, the, at the Corinthian church, there was more gifts of the Spirit in operation than any other church group that uh, Paul talked to. 
And in fact, the gifts of the Spirit were so much in operation that uh, he had to set them down and say, okay, we, you guys need to keep your services decent and in order. You know, one's talking over the other, one's doing this while another's trying to do that. And these gifts are for the saints, but you guys are all out of disorder. So they had the gifts of the Spirit in operation to a high degree, but yet they were the most carnal church. He said, I can't even speak it to you unto spiritual, but unto natural. People look at and think because God has used them, uh, they've operated in the gift of, of the Spirit or something like that, that they're super spiritual, but that's not necessarily true because we see a carnal church operating in the gifts of the Spirit. You cannot survive these last days with a carnal mindset. And people don't, they, they won't judge themselves on this honor on how am I responding? How am I acting amongst other people? And so we have to understand this. So in the days of trouble, which is what we're walking in right now, love without honor will cause you to fail. It's going to happen. You're going to say, oh, I can't believe that happened to that person. It's because they thought they were more spiritual than what they are. The very, very foundation of everything is honor because it's not about you. Anything that is about you and I'm trying to do something because the way I like it, the way I want it, is carnal. It's, it's, it's totally contrary. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But do you know how many people live in their wants? Most people say that and, and declare it to be a promise of God that I will have no wants if, God, if the Lord is my shepherd. But I've never met a person that doesn't have a want. Have you? Because several times a day you want to eat. We just messed a lot of people up right there. <laughs> Many people can't walk by a store without wanting to buy. Got quiet on that one. You, you have wants in your life. If the Lord is my shepherd, I am not to live by my want. It's a command. How do I know that? Verse 2, he maketh me lie down. Why does he have to make me? Because he's battling my want. I, I don't want to lay down right here. The grass is greener over there. This is a constant struggle within mankind. And to walk free in the things of God, honor is at the very core because honor is about somebody else and not you. Now, if you are honorable, you will be honored. A lot of people want to be honored by title. Well, I'm the pastor. You should honor me. Give me a verse on that. He said the elders that, that labor well. It's not about the title. It's about the doing. So that there's a blessing of honor in our lives if we walk in honor. But the focus is not to get the honor. The focus is to be the honor, uh, the honoring one. And if I'm not honor, if I'm not honorable, it's going to affect what flows into my life, which is what we're going to look at today. So we become deceived thinking that we love God and are dishonorable to his word. And people don't chunk it down into the realm of what they're doing. Like I said, people get, get into church, they sit on their phones. Uh, people in church get a phone call. They will walk away from worshiping or hearing the word and they will answer the phone. What is it? Somebody wants you to stop by the grocery store on the way home and, and you need to stop and get that versus being honorable to God. They'll even pick up their phone and as they're walking out, oh, can you hang on a minute? I'm in church. Well, you're, you're just at a, a public gathering, really. 
because you're not at church. Because if you're at church, you are being part of the church because we people are the church of the living God. So honor keeps the focus of our life as a giving focus. Now, what's going to happen here? As it gets darker, the natural order of things, natural, catch a word, natural. The natural order of things is to, be, to move into survival mode, which is, do you know I never have to, I'm never going to have to live in survival mode if I understand this, because he said he would take care of everything. I want to be in protection mode all the time, protected by him. The only way I'm going to do that is living honorably, putting his word. If I honor his word, then I will be honorable at all levels. So I said it many times, if, if honor is in you, honor will come out of you. I'm reading a book right now in Booker T. Washington, very interesting story, Born a Slave, you know, back in the day, and uh, uh, lived through the Emancipation Proclamation and was set free, <coughs> no education, ignorant, uh, just can't pronounce it, started with a T, and that's where Booker T. Uh, came from, but uh, uh, he's trying to get an education, I mean, he's got it really bad, he was a poor slave, I mean, he's a poor man, he had no, uh, he's sleeping under, side, you know, back in the day, they had the board sidewalks and stuff like that, he'd crawl up underneath them and sleep, and uh, trying to make life work, and in the process of coming out of slavery, now he ends up, you know, having a university and everything like that, becomes a very successful man, but in the process, before he got there, he says, I have watched and I have determined that the happiest of all people are people who live to give. They're not focused on what they're trying to get. They're focused on helping others. Isn't that an amazing uh, thing? Now, go, if you would, to Matthew chapter 24. Okay, yes. if you know your Bible, you know that Matthew 24 is a uh, chapter that Jesus is talking about the times we're living in right now, the end days, and all the things that are going to, to go on. But I, I just want to focus on one verse here, 24 and 12. And it says, uh, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Iniquity fights your love walk. Don't think it doesn't. He didn't say that because you're participating in iniquity, he said, because iniquity shall abound. Because there's iniquity around you, it's targeting your love walk. Okay, so how do we, how do we counter this? Well, he, the next verse says, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. But, uh, but how do we counter this? Honor. Because iniquity is battling your want to. You think it should be a certain way. You think that, that everything should go, you know, how it should go and whatnot. And the things that are battling you, have you ever heard somebody say, you know, uh, they, they talk in terms of they're battling something. And it's like, I don't, uh, why do I have to deal with this? You know, some kind of phrase like that. Because, because it's around us. Sin, sickness, death, disease, lack, poverty, debt, it's all around us. It's knocking on your door every day. And it's targeting yours and my love walk. Now, if I can keep my heart focused on the honor, I can keep my love walk intact. Amen. Honor keeps your focus off of you and onto the word. If honor is in you, honor will come out. Now, people don't realize how close we are to World War III. I mean, I, I'm sure you've, you've heard people say it, talk about it, mention it, whatever. 
But people don't realize how close we really are to World War III. Now, there's probably only a couple, three in here that was alive. They were young, but uh, they were alive during World War II. But war is a horrible thing. You're seeing it right now over in Israel uh, with what the, what's going on over there. It's a horrible thing. Lots of people are dying. But what if World War III gets ignited? See, there, there's a war. When Moses went up to the mountain and got the, the, uh, the um, Ten Commandments, Joshua sat and waited on him. You know what that was? Honor. Honor. Who was it? Now, Caleb, remember Joshua and Caleb were the ones that, that didn't follow the report, and they got to live through uh, everybody dying and go in. Caleb, at, how old was he, 80? Mm -hmm. uh, said, give me my mountain. I've been waiting. At 80, I'm still strong, and I can go get it. He's walking in the power of God, but he didn't sit and wait for the prophet to come back down from the mountain. Only one did, Joshua. Joshua became the leader that took over from Moses' um, leadership. Uh, we're going to go through some, some elements here real quick uh, about not being honorable. It'll affect your life. But here's a, here's a state. This is a tweet. I'm going to read a tweet. Um, I don't know if the guy's Christian or not Christian. His name's Michael... G-A-Y-E-D, Gayed, or something like that. Um, but he made a very good point uh, about where even the church is right now. And he said, since January 1st, that's of this year, so we're, we're like nine months ago, uh, U.S. debt increased to over $33 trillion. Now, you, you, I know most people are not like up on financial things, and they may not know the impact, but everything he's about to say is like hugely detrimental to our economy, Okay. U.S. debt increased to over $33 trillion. The greatest bond market crash in history continues. Probably most people in here don't even know there's a, a crash in the bond market. It's okay. Um, I don't really understand the bond market that much. It's never really interested me, but, uh, but there's a lot of problems in it. Mortgage rates spiked to over 8%. Stocks might soon crash, but tell me more about Taylor Swift. Now, if you don't get that, let me explain it. There's a lot of things going on right now in the world, and most people are living their lives with entertainment, celebrities, sports as their main focus. How can I vacation more? How can I do this? How can I do that? And they don't take the time to understand your world is collapsing around you. I've been preaching this for three years. You better get your financial life because they're trying to remove the middle class. There's going to be a lot of people. You, you don't fall up. You fall down. We basically have three systems, lower class, middle class, upper class. The, probably the vast majority of people are, are in the middle class. Uh, there's going to be many middle class that wake up in the lower class because they did nothing. Because it wasn't hitting them right then. It's the same thing with the offering. You better keep your money right with God because your money will protect you from evil. Most people don't see that. To him that has ears to hear, let him hear. So praise God. I, I say I got you all on, on the edge of your seat. Let's go over. I'm going to really challenge you here on your Bible uh, transition. Let's go to, to Lamentations 1. Amen. Now, if you don't know where Lamentations is, it is in the Old Testament. It's on page uh, 974 in my Bible, and it's right after Jeremiah. I know most people know where Jeremiah is. Watch this on 
this verse. Now, it starts off with Jerusalem, but we can modernize that and say the church, God's people. Jerusalem has grievously sinned. Now, you may say, well, I haven't grievously sinned. Well, if you don't walk in honor, yes, you have. Anything that we do that does, is not supported by the word of God is sin because sin, by definition, is separation from God. Jesus did not sin, but he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because the sins of the world came on him. Separation took place. To him that knows to do good and does not do it, it is so you cannot do good. It doesn't say you did bad. You cannot do good, but you've separated from yourself from God because he wanted you to do something. Well, pastor, I don't feel led to do that. Better check yourself make sure you're not in sin. Okay, we won't go there. Jerusalem hath grievously sinned, therefore she is removed. Don't think you can't be removed. All that honored her despise her. Now, the very first thing that was lost was honor. It dealt with honor. Now, what was the great sin? Well, there's many things that we could go into. It's not our topic today, but they did not honor the word of God. The book of Malachi is the book of honor. I tell you to do something and you don't do it. How did we not do it? It's a whole conversation. It's really pointed to preachers, to the priests, because they would not honor God in what God said. Because they have seen her nakedness, yea, she sighed and turned backwards. Uh, so, so we're going to look at some critical areas, not very many, of when we don't live in honor. I hope to paint the picture is things can be stripped from us. How you and I live our lives on the 24-7, 365, it's going to matter. Don't think you have honor because you believe you're honorable. You have honor and you are honorable if honor comes out of you. How you interact with others. Now let's go to the book of Malachi chapter 3, which I just mentioned. Malachi chapter 3. Now as I said, Malachi is a book about honor. In fact, you can look over in chapter 1 here. Um, and uh, he says, this, verse 6, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? He goes through all these different things that they were doing and how they were, were violating the word of God. And in our, our last week on where we honor, we talked about how we honor God through our money life. And, uh, and so here in chapter 3, he's talking about how they were dishonorable. In verse uh, 8, he says, Will a man rob God? Rob God? He says, yet you have robbed me. Is, is thievery honorable? Is that like hard to figure out? Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But then they said, Where, how have we robbed you? He says, in tithes and offerings. Now watch this. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So number one from last week where we talked about uh, in depth, how we honor God through our giving and, and with our money. Now we see that if we don't honor God, we are living under a curse. Now, he did not say, I'm cursing you. He says, you are cursed. You have chosen to live under the system where the empowerment to fail operates. Yes. So, so throughout the Bible, contextually, you see two words 
uh, or let me say it this way, throughout the Bible you see two words, and the definition of those two words contextually uh, is an empowerment statement. The very first thing that God did with Adam after he breathed life into him is he blessed him, and, uh, and contextually it meant he empowered him to succeed or become successful or, or do everything that he was called to do. The other words you see throughout the Bible is cursed. And there's two systems of operation. One we live in, we're blessed. The other one we live in, we're cursed. And that means we're living under a system where we're empowered to fail. People struggle all the time. Now, somebody may look at that, well, I've got a business, I've got a thing, and all my money's good. Uh, so they say, I'm not a failure, I'm a success in business. How many marriages fell apart? How many kids got goofy? How much sickness and disease do you deal with? Y'all got quiet again. See, there's two systems that we can operate. And so here we see that if we don't, if we don't honor God, now let me just read, starting at like 10, I won't read the scriptures, I'll just uh, narrate what's in them. We see that what happens if we honor God in this is we have the ability to prove God's word. Which correlates to, if you want a New Testament scriptures, Romans 12, 2, uh, be transformed through the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So number one, you can prove that God's word works. Two, you will live under an open heaven. Now we could tie that back to uh, Jacob. Remember the, the ladder? Angels coming up, angels coming down. Go in and, and, and uh, study that out and make a little list. God said that if you'll serve me and do what I say, I will do this, 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 and this for you. And then Jacob comes back and says, if you will do this, 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 and this. And Jacob mentions things that God did not mention. See, do you ever think about what were the angels doing? Running up ladder, coming back down, running up the ladder. They were going into heaven, bringing supply down to Jacob. He says, I will give you a tenth of all my increase. Because he saw the open heaven and what was coming down on him. We, we don't have time to go into that. Uh, he says, you will be blessed or empowered, uh, will be poured out upon you. God will rebuke the devourer. One of the greatest, pre uh, the greatest blessings or empowerments of the tithe is God will rebuke the devourer for you. And uh, he who, um, he, the devourer, uh, when he talks about, you know, can't come against you, and then you will be called blessed by others. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter six. Amen. What am I? What am I dealing with? What happens when we are either honorable or dishonorable? See, people that that fight things over and over again, very rarely do they say, "Let me look at my honor walk." They just say, oh, well, I'm fighting the devil. He's defeated. Why do you have to fight him? Somehow or another, we get this idea that if we're fighting the devil, we're spiritual. Actually, we're not spiritual. We're, we're carnal because he's defeated. Who fights a defeated foe? Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, we read this. I dealt a lot with this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right on your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may be well with you. That's the promise. That it may be well with thee, and thou mayest livest long. So if the promise is that it will go well with you, and you will live long, 
you remove the promise and you see what happens on the other side, it's not going to go well with you and you just may not live long. Honor gives you the ability to fight darkness. Now, if I want it to go well with me, I don't know about you, but I want it to go well with me. There's things I've got to do. The Word of God is very clear on it. What we're not very good at is applying the Word to the activities of our life. The words of our mouth, the thoughts of our, our, uh, our heart, and the meditations that, that we have in our life. So, you may be able to hold life together. And especially if you, you know, we all live in the United States. Uh, it's a lot easier to hold life together than, say, like a third world country or something like that. You may be able to, to hold everything uh, together because of all the options that we have available and the different things that we can do. But what's going to happen? What do you do if it all falls apart? I was talking to somebody one time who had a, a pension. Now, a pension is better than a 401k. You're guaranteed an income for like the rest of your life. And uh, they were talking about everything that they were going to do. And they had this pension to make the same money, you know, that they made while they were working. Everything, life's going to be great. And I said, what if the, the pension fails? Do you know that can happen? Mm. Do you know in California, the pensions are underfunded, meaning they're spending more money than what they're giving in? Now, ideally, the way they started pensions, it's not like the Social Security, which is a Ponzi scheme, is that you would pay money in, and the, uh, your district or your district or your job, whatever it was that you had, would match it. Then it would be invested in very safe vest investments to not risk the capital, and then you would have a, an amount of money that then would pay you for the rest of your life. Okay, but, but uh, especially state pensions, uh, they, they turned it into the Social Security. The Social Security didn't operate on that. They operated, we need so many workers to support everybody on Social Security. As the, the worker pool got smaller, more people retiring than, than working, there's not enough money coming in. That's a Ponzi scheme. You'd go to jail if you created it. It's okay if Congress creates it. And, um, but, but at some point, you, you probably in your lifetime heard that Social Security is going to collapse. And then they keep pushing it off down the road because they print some more money or something like that. But uh, um, right now, they changed pensions to the Ponzi scheme. Now they've relied, they borrowed money out of it, and they made risky investments that lost money. So the money pool is not there, and they don't have enough people funding into it for it to sustain itself. What happens if your pension collapses? Most people have their reliance on their p pension. What if you know that in, in, I think it was in Greece, that a uh, few years back, the government went in and swooped the money out of accounts. They took a tax because they needed more money, and all of a sudden people woke up, and their, their accounts were much less. What are you going to do if they do that to you? See, so if your trust is in money, if your trust is in what you can accumulate, we talked about this on Wednesday, the rich fool, as we're going over the parables of Jesus, what are you going to do if this happens, if life slaps you in the face on this? Most people have no clue what they're going to do. And so we've got to understand that there is a system within the Word of God that we can live above it. But are you willing to do it? Most people aren't, unfortunately. How do I know that? Because when on statistics on retirement, uh, only um, uh, 8%, actually it depends on which study, somewhere between 3 and 8% of people 
uh, are prepared for retirement, they have enough money. Most people struggle. So 93 um, or 92 to, to, to 90, 92%, 97%, somewhere like that in there, they're not prepared for what they're walking into. So what would make us think that Christians are prepared to walk into the things that the Word of God has declared is going to happen? I have a great concern inside my heart. This is why I've been preaching this way over the last several weeks, is that we, we've got to wake up like that tweet. Yeah, just tell me some more about what Taylor Swift did. You know, you know tell me more what, what that, that group did. Uh, let's talk about, you know, sports and, and spend all of our time. No, tell me how to live in these last days victoriously. Because the Bible promises that we have the ability for the glory of God to rise upon us and shine and beat back darkness. So it's not a survival mode. When I was a kid in youth group, they used, used to show these films about when the Lord came back where everybody was hiding in the corner just waiting for God to come. Oh, I can't wait for Jesus to show up because it's out here because it's so bad. I don't know. That's not what the Bible says. He's coming back after a glorious church. We should beat all of this. Are you preparing yourself to beat it? Or are you just being a Christian? Praise God. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Amen. All right. 1 Peter chapter 2. We read this last week. I just want to rephrase it uh, so, so that I can bring it into what happens if we don't do it. 2.17 says, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So we, in, in living in honor, we're supposed to live honorably to all people. Now go over to 1 Peter, uh, no, to Philippians chapter 2. All right. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 3, 2, 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. This, this is at an all-time low. We're more concerned about what we want than, than walking in love and honor toward other people. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So, so I, I don't live my life focused on what I need, what I want. I focus my life on, can I help somebody else get what they need and what they want? God's going to supply my needs. If I can get myself to that position where I believe God is going to take care of everything, then I can walk in it. Now, I told you about, I'm 61 years old. I don't know what percentage of people at 61 is not taking medicine. It's very low. Uh, but there are others who are, are able to do it. I have no arthritis in my body. I, I'm not sick. I don't wake up in the morning. I have a hard time getting up. I don't stay awake at night. I don't have all kinds of, uh, you know, I don't have sleep apnea. I don't have uh, other sleep disorders. I don't have awake disorders. Now, some may argue with me on that, um, but, but uh, it's, it's all working out. Now, I've proved the Word of God on the health issue. I'm going to prove the, God, the Word of God on the financial. As this economic thing happens, I'm going to stay above it. Join me. Amen. Stay above it with me. I'd love to see that. But you've got to, you've got to fight this want thing. Whew. Let this mind be in you also. Which, watch this. <clears throat> Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Do you think inflation goes higher, if rates go higher, if uh, the uh, uh, right now car loans are like their all-time highs, there's a bubble in that, that's, you're probably going to end up with a lot of repossessed cars here up uh, in the, the, the next few months. Uh, very, various things, banks are just like, there are debts that are collapsing. Um, I, I've been talking about Bank of America. They have, um, they have re people that have, uh, did forensic accounting has uh, determined they have 200 billion billion that's a b billion dollars worth of bad debt 
that they're not reporting because they're not selling the bonds. It goes back to that bond issue thing. If they sell the bond, they have to start reporting it. But people are moving their money out of Bank of America at very high rates because they pay no uh, very low rates. And you can get you know, 10, 20, 30 times higher interest rate uh, in a money market account or buying 30-day treasuries. 30-day treasuries are like the safest investment you could ever have. And they're paying like 5.4%. Bank of America is paying like 0.06. So people are moving their money out. As money moves out of Bank of America, uh, their cash levels go lower. They're going to have to revert to selling their bonds to, to generate cash. Once they start selling them, they have to report it. And it's estimated, they've done forensic accounting at 200 billion, but they're estimating it's actually higher that if they really get into everything. So, so the, the banking system, you had those two banks that collapsed, up, collapsed here just recently. Uh, Bank of America is far worse off than what they were. They were small regional banks, but if Bank of America, second largest bank in the United States, goes down, uh, you don't think there's going to be a run on money? You don't think there's going to uh, it's going to cause economic calamity, whether you got your account in Bank of America or not? You better know how to walk with God in this thing. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, if God, if Jesus was walking the face of the earth. And they had a huge economic, they had a huge war. Do you think Jesus would be moved by it? No, he's God manifested in the flesh. Well, wait a minute. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why should we think it be robbery to walk in what he's ordained for us? Well, that, I think that's arrogant to think that, that you can live in this life without getting sick. Oh, it has nothing to do with me. It's about Jesus. Well, you, you know, it's, it's tough financially right now to think that God, you know, my job, get your, get your mind off your job. Get your mind on God. God doesn't need your job to get you money. Now, don't misinterpret that and think you can quit and just sit at home and do nothing. He that doesn't work doesn't eat. That's another scripture, by the way. So, so as long as I'm walking in the things of God, James said, you think you got faith? I'll show you my faith by, my, by how I live, by what I do. We've got to understand this. But he made himself of no reputation, verse 7, and took upon him in the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being in, in uh, fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, this is where I'm going, God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. You and I will not have the ability to operate in the power of the name of Jesus without honor. Because that whole thing describing him was describing his honor to the Father. Your name will not be exalted. Now, we're not into flesh exaltation. Exalted is, remember back in Malachi, he said, all the nations of the earth shall call you blessed. You are going to arise if you can do this, and people are going to look at you and say, I want what you have because you're able to beat everything that comes against you. Let me tell you about Jesus. The too many people have came to accept Jesus without accepting a position to honor him. First Peter chapter three. Verse seven. We read this last week. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto your wife as unto the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life. Watch this. That your prayers may not be hindered. Your prayers are hindered when you can't walk in honor. I don't know why God's not. I, I've been praying. I've been believing. I don't know why I'm not getting the answer to my prayer. Have you ever gone back and looked at your honor? 
Your justification of honor doesn't matter. If honor's in you, honor will come out of you. Honor is a driving force that causes me to look and help others more than myself, believing that God is going to help me and give me what I need. Understanding how the Spirit works is something that we have got to bring ourselves into. I've, I've gone three weeks talking on honor, which is a spiritual component, not just an activity. People will do honorable things and yet still not be honorable. Because it's not the things, it's the heart. It's how I treat you. And it doesn't matter the status of the person. In fact, the Bible comes in and says, you know, if you honor the person that's rich and has fancy clothes and everything like that, and you dishonor the homeless person, you don't have honor. If it's in me, it will come out no matter who I'm dealing with. It's a spiritual law, and it works. Faithfulness opens the door to favor and and the internal strength you and I need to beat the darkness that is before us. We've got we're in a war right now. It's a spiritual war. You've got to be on top. You've got to stay on top. And these components matter. If honor's in you, honor will come out. If honor is not in you, you'll get offended. Because you don't esteem the other person higher than yourself. If honor is not in you, you'll fight for what you want. If honor is not in you, uh, you'll get in fight with others. Do things, if honor is not in you, you will do things focused on you and not on others or God. Let's stand. This ends my message on honor. If I was you, I wouldn't take it lightly. Because everything we do has a spiritual component to it. And so many times we lose sight of the spiritual laws of God. Just thinking, well, I'm a Christian. I've accepted Jesus. I don't know why I'm going through this. Maybe God's trying to teach me something. Learn it. It's funny because in Christian circles, a lot of people say things about being sick. Well, maybe God's trying to teach me something. And then they go to the hospital to get well. It's like, why don't you stay in school? Did you like not get that? Like, why, why are you going to get healed if God's trying to teach you something? Well, he's got me poor because he's trying to teach me something. Then why do you go out and borrow money to get something? Why don't you stay in school? See, we come up with pretty stupid things. You know how God teaches you? I'm going to go deep here, so you might have to get a pencil and pen out. Do you know how God teaches you? He's already told you. Learn what he said. Honor the word. Honor what he says, and you will be honorable to him. Jesus said, this is Jesus, not me. Jesus said, I love those who love me. You can say you love somebody, but how can we do things that are unlovable? Unlovable. 